Sad, 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 All right, what's up, y'all? This is Ed Lover with another uh, edition of Come On, Son, the podcast. I know I do this very all the time, weekly. I appreciate everybody's support for listening to the show. Brought to you, of course, locally here in Atlanta by Nissan, south of Morrow, 6889 Jonesboro Road. Listen, Nissan South and Morrow has totally embraced me since I touched down uh, to Atlanta. Big shout out to the store's uh, general manager, Chris White who at the time when my syndicated radio show, when I first got to Atlanta, was giving me a freaking headache about uh, having a car deal. Because they was like, well, we do deals with this car dealership and that car dealership. And uh, suppose they come around with money and want to invest. We can't have you having a local car dealership endorse you and all of this stuff. I was like, but wait a minute. This dude is trying to not only pay me, to do it, but to really treat me right, why should I wait on something that may happen and may not never happen? And uh, so we went back and forth with that for a while, and they didn't want to know it's the company's policy that you guys can't do telecommunications or auto. And I was like, well, this is just fucked up. So Because when I first got to, to Atlanta, moved here, I didn't even have a car. My car was in New Jersey, and uh, I was really trying to get a rental car from somewhere. So I asked a couple of salespeople if they, in the, in, you know, at the radio station, you got salespeople, they sell commercials at the time. Whether or not, you know, they knew anybody that had a car dealership, not even a car dealership, a rental company that they can hook me up with. And my good friend over there that's become my good friend since I've been here for almost two years, Brenda Lowry, said, hey, let me call my friend Chris over at Nissan South in Morrow and see if he can hook you up. Well, Chris not only gave me a Nissan Armada, he never charged me for it. And I had the damn truck for probably three months, almost four months, and he never charged me for it. And he was like, yo, I just want to do some business with you guys, with you and Moni. I love you. You're classic. You're iconic. I think you'd be a perfect fit for what we're doing at Nissan South and Morrow. And they wouldn't let him do it, and they wouldn't let him do it, and they wouldn't let him do it. Finally, Chris, being a man of his word, came into the station and said, now, this is a guy who'd been advertising with the Atlanta Radio 1 uh, company for years. Came into the station and said, if you guys don't give me Ed and Money, I'm pulling all my advertising off all your stations. And they had to give it to him. <laughs> so hey. big shout out, man. That's why I always go out of my way to shout out Nissan South and Morrow. And there's been other dealerships that have come my way. There's been other people that have Mercedes and Porsche and people like that that have come my way. And I'm just... I am absolutely committed to Nissan South and Morrow because those are the people that took care of me. And just because a prettier girl comes by, I don't mean you lead a girl that loves you the most. Mm. You know, grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. So I have been, gee, probably in five different Nissans already. Wow. From the Armada to the to the uh to a Maxima to another Maxima to another Maxima to the Pathfinder 2017. Nissan Pathfinder Platinum that I got right now. And then he's switching me out for a fully loaded Armada next week. So mm. big shout out to my mans in them at Nissan South and Mall. Great company. A lot of good used cars. They will get you in the car. Believe me. They help me. They help my daughter. They will get your ass in the car. So they locally with this, this podcast is brought um, to you by them locally. And uh, nationally, it's cigarsinternational.com. I'm an avid cigar smoker. I, mean, I don't smoke every day, but I love a good cigar. And I've been smoking cigars for a long time now, not knowing what I'm doing like a lot of you guys that I can see in your videos. I know you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And a lot of really established celebrities whose names I won't call, you don't know what you're doing. Okay? You don't know what you're smoking. You wouldn't know a Dominican rapper from a fucking Nicaraguan from an Ecuadorian. You don't know what a filler is. You smoke one brand and one kind. No, go to cigarsinternational.com. See what's coming out. See what's hot. They do a really good job, man. And they are understanding that the fastest growing section, no, excuse me, the fastest growing um, demographic of cigar smokers are African Americans. We're making money and we're dipping into the cool shit 
that rich white people have yeah. always done for years. And now we're doing it. And if you come down to Atlanta, Atlanta has more black-owned cigar places, lounges, than any other place in this country. That's why they're doing Black Cigar Week coming up. And exactly. Cigar International saw what I was doing, saw me posting stuff. It was like, yo, how can we get involved with you? I was like, I got a podcast. They was like, we would love to sponsor it. Um, you know, so big shout out to cigarsinternational.com, man. Make sure y'all go there for all your cigar needs, lighters, cutters, holders, cases, humidors, whatever is concerning cigars, they got it. Whatever brand you're looking for, they got it. They know what they're talking about. They've been doing it for well over 50 years. So cigarsinternational.com. Now to the podcast. Joining me on this podcast this week. Is a young man that I've come to have a lot of respect for. He's from Bossip.com. That's B-O-S-S-I-P.com. Yep. Every Tuesday and Thursday on the Ed Lover Show with Moni Love, our syndicated morning show, he comes in and does Breaking Bossip, where he keeps up us up on everything that's going on in this crazy mixed-up world as far as gossip is concerned. His name is Job. We call him the Hip Hop Obama. Yes, y'all sir. Can, y'all can follow him. What's up, my brother? Welcome. What's up, man? Thank you, man. Welcome to the Kubud Side <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, man. Hey, before we start this podcast, man, I would just like to send some love to a Touchstone, who's still locked up, and and wish him all the best, man, and and Damn. hope that everything turns out in his favor. Yeah, it's man. unfortunate that somebody had to lose their life. Right, and it's unfortunate that he got locked up. It's unfortunate all the way around. He's on the same platform that I'm on with, with you know, Combat Jack and and, and the whole crew, all mm-hmm. of us that's on on the Loudspeakers Network yep. platform. LSN. Yeah, LSN Network. And I just feel bad for tax, man. You know what I mean? I mean, I can't, I don't know what exactly happened, but what happened between him uh, at the studio. I know somebody lost their life behind it in uh, Troy Ave. Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know who shot, who had a gun and all of that stuff, but I do know this, that this thing between hip-hop, this shit is getting a little more out of control than it was like back in the days. Like, you know, back in the days, there was always beef here, beef there. Yeah. There was always something. And if you guys remember, Biggie and Pac lost their lives behind beef. Point blank, we we can't pinpoint right now. Did you see the thing they did on who shot Biggie, who killed Biggie? In I haven't, I haven't finished the whole thing. I've seen about half of it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. all the way yet. But there's a dude that's on. He's online. If you look him up, his name is Mob James. Mob James. Mob James. Okay. He's a mob M O B Pyru blood. All right. And he sat down and he did an interview and he told everybody. He's the guy who introduced Shug to the rest of the mob Pyrus. He knew Suge from when they were young and they grew up. He talks about all of that. He talks about Suge getting into death row and starting to make money and said, hey, we got this show. How many pyros can you bring to the show? And he was like, as many as you want. And he brought all the dudes. (laughs) As many as you want. Right, he brought all the dudes to the show. And from then on, they were all attached in some way or another to death row. And he said straight out of his own mouth that the Southside Crips killed Tupac. And the reason... Why? Because Tupac didn't mind his business and the whole baby lane thing with the with the death row mm-hmm. pending. You can look it up. You can just Google Mob James and look at the interview. He said, you know, that if Suge would have just held Pac back and been like, bro, that ain't your business. This what the Pyrus are here for. Right. Baby Lane was there, renowned Southside Crip, who's no longer with us, who was running around Crip territory, taking you know, saying I I killed Tupac. I'm the one that pulled the trigger on Tupac. He got killed for something else. And Mob James explains the whole thing. Wow. And that just goes to tell me now when I see young Dolph sitting up and laying up in the hospital. That's sad, man. You know, when I see that they had tried to kill him before, shot at him. Several times. They tried to several get times. Yeah. You know, bankroll not here anymore. You know, other people going through all of this stuff. The beef that y'all are talking about is not that serious for y'all to be letting these bullets fly the way they fly. No, man. not at all. You know, we, we're losing iconic dudes like Biggie and Tupac, probably two of the greatest of all time. There's young dudes are coming up. They're on their way to greatness. Yeah. We don't want to lose them. It's ridiculous. Like, y'all banging on wax at each other, and then this shit is spilling into the streets. But the sad part about it, too, John, is that we're asking other people to respect us as black American human beings. We don't respect ourselves. I mean, it's tough, man. Like, I, you would have thought that the Biggie and Tupac thing would have woke everybody. W- would have been enough, because right. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm 36, 
So maybe there was a story prior to Biggie and Tupac of a rapper killing another rapper over some beef. Uh, but I don't know. Or, or it being an offshoot of some beef. Even, it's never the rappers that's it was, doing it's it. doing it, right, right. It's always somebody that's associated with that artist or associated with that clique. Right. That want to take up for their clique. Or want to take up for their coast. Or want to, you know what I mean? Want to rep never... or get some stripes or right. do something to make the artist make the artist know that hey, I'm down. I I, I do whatever. I right. It's never the artists themselves. Right. You know, it's never Pac didn't pull no trigger on nobody. Well, that's why even with the, I mean well, now, now in that case, now, even with the Yo Gotti thing, like when they or with the Young Dolph shooting, rather, they, right. You know, the first thing they set out was like, oh, you know, we're looking into Yo Gotti. We're trying to see if Yo Gotti has something to do with this. And in my mind, I didn't even know how to feel about that because part of me is like is that just some hip-hop cop talk that we're just gonna say we know you have beef with this guy so we're they gonna throw, exactly his, we're gonna going throw his name even if we don't know if he has anything to do with this at all right we're gonna make some statement or we're gonna put it out there so that it's known that we're looking at this guy so it looks like we're doing something to you know police these rapping savages over here i don't know man like they know john yeah they know every i have any doubt at all every major I should say police department in this country, in any major city, knows exactly what's going on. For sure. On. If they're playing rap lyrics in court to lock niggas up, then the police definitely know what's going on with certain rappers who are in their city or just this go in the general area or who That's might be right. coming in town. And they, they know. know who's beefing with who. Right. There's more informants out there. There may be informants in your own crew. Yeah. And you don't know about it because yeah. they're getting paid by the police. These are the guys that go and they'll catch a case and they'll be out. And they'd be like, yeah, I beat that. I'm good. And you'd be like, word, such and such a beat that case. He's looking at five. Yeah, he's informing, dog. <laughs> he told on somebody. He's snitching. He told on some fucking body. You just ain't getting the paperwork. Right. But the paperwork is out there, and they may be a part of your clique. And they running around snitching, and then you wondering how come the police know what you're doing, where your moves are, who to look, who, how do the police know who got beef? First of all, everybody's fucking, uh, you're advertising your beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you don't think the police can get a mixtape or look on YouTube and see your latest video and find out who you're It's going right with? to Instagram. Or go to your Instagram page. Police got all your social media shit. Yeah, they know what it is. Like, I know, uh, I don't, it was last year or two years ago. I don't know if you've seen this video. Right on uh, right on Lee Street. Uh-huh. Right uh, going past downtown Atlanta on uh, West End. There was a video of... I guess the guy was trying to rob. I don't know what exactly was taking place, but a little guy came up with a pistol trying to rob, trying to rob a guy, trying to shoot him, whatever the case was. Didn't shoot him. Guy popped the trunk, pulled out a Draco, and just let the thing ring off wow. in, the, in, the, in the gas station parking lot. Camera is looking like got the whole thing on camera. And he, him, I think his girl got his girl was in the car with him. His girl got shot. This, that, and the third. But they go right to Instagram and they talk about it and they're in the hospital taking pictures and all this. It's just like I, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, I don't. I don't get it at all. I thought social With media was funny. Said, I'm afraid of the future. <laughs> I respect the nigga that got shot, and I respect the shooter. Respect the shooter. Yeah. Right. I'm afraid for the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, dog. And and the thing about it is, my brother was a police officer for 25 years mm. in New York City. Okay. Back That's then, tough, yeah. when Mob Deep. And uh, Nori was beefing with each other. Mm. Uh, Mob Deep Prodigy was beefing with Keith Murray for a minute. Uh, they had a fight, an actual fight outside. The I remember, tunnel. I remember that outside the tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, when X was beefing with Chris Lighty, God rest his soul, Chris yeah. Lighty. A lot of people don't know that X punched Chris Lighty in the face behind something that Chris's brother had said about X's album. I and didn't know that until I heard uh, until I heard Mogul. Shout out to shout out to Combat Jack. Yeah, shout out. To, I, I heard that story on Mogul, yeah. and I was like, wow. Yeah. So they settled it by giving. Chris they, they points on X album. On, on I was X's like, yo. X was, on, <laughs> X was on parole at the time. This is how I know these things. I was living directly next door to Chris Lighty at the time. Damn. I was married to my first wife, Kim. Mm. Chris was my next door neighbor. That's okay, so crazy. our kids, our kids had their first birthday parties together. Christian and my daughter Summer, about a month apart. Wow. So they had their first birthday parties together. We lived in the cul-de-sac. Chris and I locked the cul-de-sac down, spent about $5,000 a piece on the birthday party that both our kids slept through. The whole <laughs> of course party. they did. So that's one-year-olds. They don't give a They, 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 they woke up crying. Yeah, they don't give a shit about that birthday I got pictures cake. Of, both of Chris and I holding our kids, and they're both crying in the Y'all probably got llamas and alpacas oh, and cheetahs and all that. type of crazy. They sleep. They don't give a fuck So I knew everything that was going on with Chris. Chris brought me down to his basement. I saw one of the... 
first updated, really updated. Remember when Apple made the computers, the the the, the, the uh, I mean, desktops and colors? Oh, and all yeah. That? It was like yeah. translucent back right. and blues Chris and a, pinks and Chris all that. Chris had kind a green of. one. And I remember sitting there with Chris and he goes, yo, man, your man, I got your man. I'm managing your man from Queens. I was like, who? He's like 50 Cent. I was like, oh, 50's hot on the mixtape. He's killing everything. He said, yeah, I got him. He's over at Interscope. I'm managing him now. Look at the album cover. Before the album came out, and right. showed me 50's album cover. I was That's like, crazy. holy shit. <laughs> so, so I you remember Lior pulling up to Chris's house, and I'm in front of my house in my garage, and Lior Cohen pulling out. I knew Lior because Lior used to manage me and Dre back in the day. Right. And I knew Russell, you know, for I knew all these guys forever. Leo pulling up and going in Chris's house. I'm like, hey, Leo, oh, Ed Lover, I didn't know you lived right here. And we talking. Mm. I got to go see Chris. <laughs> yeah, everybody's and Leo Cohen accent is funny as crazy shit. As hell. <laughs> and uh, Leo going into Chris's house, and then Chris walking Leo back, and I'm still coming back out for something. I'm going, yo, Chris, what Leo come by for? And he told me, X had snuffed him. He had his Damn. back to him. X snuffed him, broke his tooth. He went down. X was on parole at the time. So they had to give Chris $300,000 and points on X's album. And points. And that was what, five times platinum? Six times platinum? Yes, sir. In the U.S. I don't know what it did right. worldwide. Probably 10 right. or 12 or right. something like that. Shit. And you know, X on parole, you know, he's a, he was still on substance abusing at that time. And yeah. he thought that it wasn't even Chris that said anything about it. Yeah, brother. it was it was his brother uh, David. David, right? It was David, right, right, and he right, hit right. Chris, and Chris, as a smart ass businessman that he is, capitalized off, off of, of that, yeah, and got some cash mm -hmm. and some fucking points. The guns never came into play for Chris. Chris could have, right? He could have thought about that. Yeah, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Chris nah, is from the Bronx, that. right? He had a group, he had a crew of dudes he ran with called the Violators. Like, this is what we do. Right, that's what they do. They right. violated shit. <laughs> he could have went to the Violators and like, yo, fuck that. Never Get mind the guns. all that. Yeah, it's going to be Violators against Rough Riders. We going to the mattresses. Nah, he was smart about it. He hit you. That's a physical, that's not even talking. Yeah. That's not even like I fucked your moms and left her bloody on a fucking mattress. None of that shit. Type of shit. Mm -mm. He actually put his hands on that man, and that man had the wherewithal, God rest his soul of Chris Lighty, is to use a business strategy to get ahead instead of the gun. He used his brain instead of a bullet. Which is saying a lot because, I mean, I'm sure wherever this happened, it happened in front of people. Yes, it's in embarrassing the office. in office. You embarrassed, you got a broke tooth. Like, right. you, he probably saw red like he never saw red in his life. Like, that's some, like, I want to kill this nigga right now. Right. And to be that cool and to not, I mean, I'm sure he was probably, I'm sure at the time, whenever it happened, it was probably a tussle or whatever it was. But to not go that far with it and say, all right, all the pride and egos, because you know, a lot of times that's what it is. It's always it's, it's, that. It's always a pride. It's always, always ego. So to not that. take it that far and to be able to restrain yourself, I mean, that's, that's a lot of discipline. Right. If, no, if nothing else, just as a per, as a human being, that's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of discipline. Yeah. And we need to, as OGs in this game, try to teach these guys how to use their brain and not their bullets. I think one of the dudes that learned it, and he learned it in a very small way, is Drake. I think Drake oh, yeah. learned it from the Chris Brown beef when they was throwing bottles back and forth at yeah. each other. My little homie that grew up on my block, Pat. Patrick was Chris Brown's main security dude for a long time. Right. Pat got hit in the head with a bottle in the club, scarred, had to go to the hospital, had to get stitches. He sued the club and he sued Drake. And Drake had to pay. And yeah, I think that can't. one time that you have to pay a big-ass lump sum of money. That you know right there. Like... That you know right fucking there that I got to find a better way to handle this. When Meek went at him, got in his feelings, which I was so disturbed by, got in his feelings on Twitter, and what did Drake, what did Drake do? He laid back in the cut for a while, and he killed him on record. <laughs> like, two days later, three, three, three days later, two days later. Like, right. He, man. Well, I was thinking, because you can't underestimate anybody. Has that ever... Drake is from Canada, and he sings a lot, don't mean he's soft. Has, any, has there ever been a battle that was that, like, where people considered that person such an underdog and it just went that I can't think of one. Nah. I can't think of one. I, I, the only thing I can think of is the destruction of Murder, Inc. at the hands of G-Unit, but... Well, I have my own theory about that. <laughs> I can't... Let me hear your theory on the murder of the destruction. I think that the... I feel like... I feel like 50 was... 
the usher who came in a movie theater and started Ja Rule probably snuck in there and lifted him up and like, sir, come with me. But I feel like he was already on his way out. Really? I feel like that. I feel like the backlash of, I feel like 50 just said what everybody else was already thinking. Because everybody that I knew that I was talking to about rap music and hip hop at that time uh-huh. was all saying the same shit. I'm just tired of this singing shit. I'm tired of this singing shit. I'm tired of this But then it's funny shit. that 50 turned around and did the same thing. And did the though. same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. I didn't, and I saw it kind of going like that. I think like it's a double edged sword because at the time, what hurt them worse than the 50 Cent beef was the federal prosecution from That Supreme. didn't help. That hurt. That killed that, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That murdered what, them. what can you do? You know they're watching everything you do. You can't go do music videos. You can't be out moving how you would normally right. move. And you got You know the feds are looking at you for whatever. Like, for money laundering and all that. Yeah, I'm sure it was court. handicapping. Right. It, it did a handicapping. It ruined his company. Nobody... Out of all the music that Irv was responsible for, from bringing, bringing Leo to DMX... Right mm-hmm. to helping facilitate the Rockefeller deal, for Ja Rule at one point being the number one selling rap artist on Def Jam, he was outselling DMX and outselling Jay Z. Yeah, okay, and I mean consistently. Yeah, every time around. Every time around. Yeah. No one would touch him. Not Interscope. Not any. Not Universal. Not Warner Brothers. Nobody would touch them after that federal trial, and yeah. it depleted his funds. Right. Because that's what the feds do. They're going to fucking break they, you. Yeah, they, they're going to freeze that account. Yeah, that, they're going to break you. And then when they're going up in your office and they're looking at shit and you turn around and you be like, well, we'll be all right because we sold a lot of records with Ashanti and Rule. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think that another company will be like, well, bring this shit over here. And then everybody turns their back on you. Right. Like, there's, we'd be hard pressed to find another record guy as gifted as Irv was. Very gifted mm-hmm. and finding a lane for his artists and putting them in that lane. Now they had to have the talent, right? But he took Ja and found a lane. For he knew ja. his he knew his direction to point it. Absolutely, yeah. he pointed it in that direction the way Puff pointed Biggie in that right correct direction. Mm-hmm. So for him to turn around after that and not be able to get another major label distribution deal for his label, it is crazy. Yeah, the feds fucking killed him. So I think with Fifty, it was the fact that Fifty was so hot. And then he was smashing on him, just yeah. consistently smashing on him. Ruthless. Then Eminem jumped on it, and Buster was on it. It was just like, Johnny had no help. He didn't have nobody out <laughs> as an MC that we really respected. Yeah, I always wonder how he felt about that when, it felt like when he got some help, it was like way too late. Like, he got help when Kiss and Fat Joe came along. Yeah, but they had, it, that was their own beef. Well, that was their own beef, right. But it's like, by that time, it was kind of like... <coughs> Bless you. By that time, it was kind of like Thank you. you. We've already seen the show. Like Fifty had already mashed out and did what he was gonna do. There was no like. Right. Where was y'all at? <laughs> right. That was Fifty. That was around two years. That ago. was Fifty pushing that beef on on Kiss. On kissing them, yeah. For being in the New York video mm-hmm. for for rhyming on the New York because you know right. the first verse of Ja Rule's New York record is about Fifty. It's about Fifty, yeah. Right. So that he felt like okay, y'all know this, and I'm cool with y'all. Why would y'all? Jump on this even, yeah. And Fat Joe and them is like, listen, it's just a collabo. Like, if you ask us to do a collabo, we do a collabo. We weren't talking about you. He was talking about you. Well, I guess the other my question for you is, you said Fifty saw them on the record and then felt like, damn, we cool. Why I was in the video. Thing? You were in that video. I was in the video. <laughs> I, I forgot and about that. And I had that. Fifth on the station. I said, "Yo, Fifth, you mad at me? Nah, not you, OG Bobby Johnson. Had you rhymed? <laughs> yeah, you said so. You'd have had some problems. Okay, but that's my question to you. Do you really think he said, "Damn, kiss, damn, Joe, we cool"? Why would you do that? Or did he just say, you "He know said what? these motherfuckers is back in Jairo. Fuck all of y'all." Or do you think it was part of... I feel like everything 50 does is like a pre-planned show. Like, to me, he's like a Donald Trump in a lot of ways. As right. far as like, I'm going to put on this show and I'm going to find some enemies. The same way Donald Trump will find somebody to hop on Twitter and attack. I feel like 50 Cent is the type of guy where he'll see somebody... Oh, you with them? Okay, I got two new... I don't really give a fuck. But y'all there over there with him, so I might as well just get on y'all ass too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you on the record with this motherfucker... And you know he's my enemy, so so we here we so go. Fuck y'all, too. right? Right. Like if the, tomorrow, as long as Fifth and I have known each other, tomorrow if I was on a fucking if I was on Empire, right, and everybody were talking about it, he would definitely tweet fuck ass. Okay. You, <laughs> you understand what I mean? Doing that Power motherfucker, yeah, fuck yeah, that yeah, show, yeah, fuck yeah, OG. Yeah, yeah. I thought you was my man, you old ass bastard. Right. You know? <laughs> and I would know where it came from. It's not coming from a place uh, right. of maliciousness. It's, it's like, fifty it's using 50. that. 
as to, a, as the next thing. Right. Yeah. To to blow up power. Right. To further keep power in your psyche. Yeah. You know, the motherfucker that had a commercial that said that ran during Empire, you can't run an empire without power. Without power, yeah. Was the most genius <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. But fifty no, but even with fifth, I mean with game in them, that was a little bit different. Yeah, I feel like the game thing had more was more real than right. the kiss. Because shots Joe rang off. So yeah, it was yeah, it was but with, with, with kiss and Fat Joe. That was some rap shit. That was some rap shit. Yeah, you know, D Rock and 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 C Gutter went to jail behind the Foxy Brown shit and the shooting in front of the front of uh, the radio station. Yeah, right? High ninety seven yeah, in New York, yeah. and fucking Kim went to jail for perjury. Right. Kim ain't talking to C's right now behind that shit. Man, my man told me a story about that bad boy tour. I guess Puff didn't tell. I guess Puff didn't tell Kim that Seas was going to be there, whatever the case was. And uh-huh. it said that she was about to go on stage and seeing Seas. And she, I guess she had her in ears in already. And I oh mean, so you could just hear her in the back snapping. Why the fuck are these niggas here? Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to have nothing, nothing. to do with Seas. I that. have been, and I went to a party Fab gave, and he had a 90s party. I remember seeing the pictures of that. Yeah. yeah. And Kim was there. And C's was there, and I was like, maybe tonight is the night that I get to see Junior Mafia again. When C's and them grabbed the mic and started rocking, Kim left. Damn. Not fucking with it at all. Like, staying steadfast on it, and you know somewhere, somehow, I just got this feeling that Biggie wants that to happen so bad. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when I interviewed C's a while ago, C's said, I'm still cool as shit with her whole family. Like her sisters and everybody. It's just her who's not fucking with it. Caesar's sister went to Kim's baby shower. They still Damn. tight. Kim is still good with Caesar's sister. She just don't fuck with Caesar and the rest of the junior mafia. Behind what they feel that Caesar shouldn't have took the stand, but Caesar was already subpoenaed. So if you're not going to do it, you got to do it. It's a federal case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a state case. This is federal because that happened in front of a federal building. You did, so Kim purged herself and did that year in lockup. But those are the rare, rare occasions that I can think of people in hip-hop like that really busting shots at each other. Oh, shit over like some that. shit, yeah. Yeah, but now you got these, these dudes, man, they out here, they dying. And they not, I don't think that as an OG that we're embracing these young kids enough. We're too busy complaining about their music and their sound. You can't do that. It's not your I shit. I never understood that shit. It's not your shit. I never understood that shit. It's not your shit. Old motherfuckers like me that listen to this podcast, please remember when our shit first came out and our parents would not fuck with it. Don't turn around and do the same thing to the next they generation. They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. Stop I, it. Stop I call them I call, them, I call the them rap Republicans. To me, that's like the conservative party of hip hop. Like right. these people who just like so if it if it if it don't have a sample, if it don't have a scratch, if it wasn't produced by Primo J. Dilla or something, they just ah There were producers before Primo. Like, there were producers dog, before like, Primo and J. Dilla. It's nothing wrong. I don't understand it's that nothing, shit. Listen, there's nothing wrong, Ja. With loving your era. Yeah, yeah, for There's sure. There's nothing wrong with thinking that your era was the best. The best. There's nothing wrong with seeing that these were the golden ages of hip-hop right here. But don't turn around and say all of that shit is bullshit. Because right. all of it is not bullshit. No, it's not. And plus, it's called the golden ages for a reason. Right. Like, it's some spo- To me, I just look at it like it's kind of like a spoiled fan thing. Like, we love this thing. Like, I'm 36, so when I came up, this is the shit. I- Nas, Biggie first album, Wu-Tang, right. Ice-T, Ice Cube, like, all of this shit is Snoop. like that. Snoop, like, that's my Dre. era. Yeah, all of that shit. But, like, it's not going to be, it's, it's like that for a reason because it's a special time. Right. You don't just get that every day. That's not just that. That's lobster. That's scallops. That's whatever your fucking fancy ass food is. You don't just eat that. Sometimes you just eat Cheerios and you be happy. That's right. Sometimes you That's just right. eat a regular ass peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I hear somebody say to me all the time, I can't stand this new shit. I don't listen to none of this new shit. This new shit is bullshit. And I say, are you really listening to hip hop? Like, do you realize that there are some dope ass MCs out there? Do you realize that there are some MCs out there that got bars that do hip hop and respect it the way you the way you do feel about it, and that's there for you. Stop acting like we ain't have Millie Vanilli, motherfucker. But that's the thing about it, though. I feel like there's people who 
They don't want it to just exist in some corner. They want whoever that guy is to be the number one guy on every magazine. I'm saying that's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We so, don't have social media, y'all. Yeah, so just stop thinking that it's your favorite happen. underground MC SoundCloud right. Cole is, is going to be the king of all fucking all the world. Well, I mean, even with Cole, though, at least Cole is a commercially viable artist. Like, I right. look at Cole, like, he has that shit, that, 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 that hip-hop shit that people want. But Cole sold out the garden back-to-back -back nights. He's not from New York. That's right. He got multi platinum albums, that's no true. features. Like, I mean, that's the joke, but it's like, it's for real. Like, right. J. Cole is a marketable money making artist, and he also rap his ass off. That's right. That ain't everybody, though. That's not everybody. Everybody with bars ain't gonna have that mm -hmm. number one record in the country. No, number one record in the country right now belongs to a young lady from the Bronx, New York. BX. By the name of Cardi B. Bel Callis Almanzar. There you go. <laughs> that's her name? Bel Callis Almanzar. That's probably Bel Callis. Belkhalis Almanzar. Almanzar. Now, is Rhapsody Man, far and I'm above her you. as I'm, a rapper? I'm so glad you said Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I love Cardi record. I'm not even a Cardi No, I love but, Cardi record. I love Cardi, period. 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 Across the board. Across Something the board. just feels good to see her win. Everybody. Yes. I've never seen a rapper like that. That yeah. everyone just genuinely. Like, I don't even really hear a lot Except of. Except hating as Azalea Banks, but we'll get she's to like, her. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to her. We, we'll she's get to her. We'll get job her. But I'm glad you said Rhapsody, Rhapsody album is so fire. Yeah. Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Shit. She's an alien. She's not that commercially viable person right now, but she's going to do her bars. She's going to do her numbers. Another young lady that I got to get to but thanks to Sway, I saw her, I heard her actually, and saw the video of her on YouTube rapping on Sway in the morning by the name of 3D Not T. Oh, yeah, she's another one. Woo! Fire. Fire. Yeah. In the hole. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to stop acting like there's not good hip-hop out there it's coming out from there. the young generation. You just got to look for it. Just it, It's not like, sadly... There's not a lot of video programming on TV anymore, so right. maybe you don't get the you know you if you only see it on the internet, maybe you feel like it's not you know your person is being underrated or whoever your favorite rapper is ain't. That, but this is not going to happen, man. Your favorite rapper is not necessarily going to be the one that everybody is talking about, and you'll be all right with that. Right? There's gonna be there's gonna be subpar hip hop. We don't we don't like to think of our errors having. Oh man, hip -hop. listen, I Plenty man, of listen. It. Oh, listen, I go Plenty. back. To, I go back and listen to some of these records. That's why I always shit on Volume Two. Uh huh. People, people be mad. I always shit on Volume Two. I'm like, <laughs> Volume Two is just like when you go back and listen to some of these records, they didn't age that good. Yes. I go back and listen to some of these records from the '90s. The hooks was terrible. The beat might have even sounded hot in that moment, but you listen back to it, like, what is this? Tinker toy, like it don't even right. sound like you know. It, it's just different. That's right. Uh, and the records that are those records that we still love are the actual special ones that held up. That's right. Shook ones. That's and, right. And ice cream. And, That's right. And you know, uh, cream and, and cream and all of these type of joints. Uh, uh, New York State of Mind. That's right. And all of these type of records, like those held up. Over <laughs> those still sound good, but right. some of that shit is not hot. Some of that shit ain't hot <laughs> some at of all, that shit man. Ain't hot. And niggas don't not at say all. That, and the shit hot. was whack. The MC was whack. Whack. Yeah, all of that. And, and now you listen to him, and you like, you know what, dude was kind of fucking. It was kind of cool. Like you ride around listening to that right now. You turn that up in your car when you put the windows down. Like, please stop. No, stop. <laughs> stop. So we gotta stop the disrespect of the younger generation's music. And when you do that, they tune you out for sure. They tune you the fuck out. So now when they get in a position and they're making it and you know the mistakes that they can make because you're an OG and you made a lot of money, whether it was the early to mid 90s or the late 90s or even in the early to mid 2000s, going up to about 2005, six or seven, you can't come to them and say, come here, youngin. And they respect you. And they respect you right. because you've been trashing them mm -hmm. for so long. You can't. They're not listening to you. And therefore, when they don't listen, they don't have anybody to learn anything from. And then you sit back and you watch them making their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Getting shot up behind dumbass beef. Going to jail about ridiculous shit. Mm -hmm. Nobody told Young Thug, listen, dude, the Brookhaven police know your Maybach. And ain't a lot of them out here. Yeah. They know your license plate number. So when you riding... You got to be clean. Ride clean, dog. That's all. Get yeah. high in the you, house. You can get high. You got a big yeah. ass house, bro. <laughs> you came from a shithole. Right. You have a big fucking beautiful house. Mm -hmm. Get high in the house. Get high as you want to get and let somebody else drive. All you got to do is sit there and be high. 
That's right. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Zone out. Why are you, why are you making these right. mistakes? Gucci got a book out right now. I started reading a lot of the excerpts. I got to read it. that book. Yeah, Gucci is one of the guys that I really like because yeah. he really turned his shit around. A lot of people don't like that, though, I found. I've talked to a lot of people that's like, ah, I like Gucci better when he was high. This shit they say. Are you I, kidding me? I've I've talked to several people and they've told me that. And I'm like, wow, like I like this new Gucci better than the old Gucci, to me be too. honest with you. Like I like the old Gucci, but I like this yeah, new yeah, Gucci yeah. too. Yeah. I like I guess I don't know, man. Maybe people just don't want to see Gucci win, but Gucci went to jail several times. And killed somebody. Right. Allegedly. Ale- no. He no, killed him. he killed him. He yeah, 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 yeah. He, he beat, beat him it on self-defense, right. yeah, yeah, but yeah. he killed him. He for killed sure. him. Right. Uh and Motherfucker turned his shit around and trying to tell y'all motherfuckers about not making the same mistakes he made. You got a kid that I was really enjoying the way he was putting it down by the name of Kevin Gates. Yeah. Then you're going to go do something stupid by kicking somebody in the fucking chest, go to jail, and everybody's wearing Kevin Gates, free Kevin Gates shirts? Why? He kicked the, he kicked the girl in the chest, got off of that, and then got right back booked for the gun charge in Chicago. Right. So it's like... <laughs> so you can't school them because they're not listening to you because you consistently disrespect their art. Their art and your art ain't the same art. I never got Andy Warhol. Right. I don't know what's special about a motherfucker that paint a big ass can of soup. A can of soup cans. I don't... I, <laughs> All right. Shit is worth millions. Yeah. An original Warhol is worth millions. I don't get it. Don't get it at all. But fuck it, that's somebody's well, art. Some, yeah, somebody's art. So somebody here's does. a generation that's saying this is our art, and we're saying fuck your art. Right. The same way my father told me that bit, dop, diggity, the boom, boom, the boom, mm-hmm. boom, dang, the dang. That ain't music. I remember when I heard Wynton Marsalis say hip hop was not music, and we lost it. Like, come on, dude. Right. Jazz is the original music. Da da da. That's not music. These guys are doing. That's not music. And we proved them wrong. I remember when the Grammys wouldn't televise. The rap category. The rap category. Yeah. When Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince won, for parents just don't understand, and they didn't even—they weren't even on TV, but they gave them the Grammy. Right. And we had an anti-Grammy party because we wanted respect. Now that we've earned that respect, gained that respect, made multi-million dollars out of millionaires out of some guys being involved <clears throat> in that genre of music, made it a viable multi-billion dollar genre of music when the California Raisins was rapping. <laughs> Here comes the next generation doing it their way. The California Raisins. And you disrespecting rats. it. What's the difference between Migos in a pair of tight pants and a flower shirt and Biggie in a Versace shirt and shades? Bro, like... And even- or Tupac in, in his suit that he had on with the medallion hanging. What's the difference? The pants is a different cut. Man, listen, I'm late to the party, but I started watching Evolution of Hip Hop maybe a month ago, and I've been so much shit going on, I haven't watched it all the way through. But I watched them first two parts where they're talking about Grandmaster Kaz and all of these dudes, and I'm like, I'm looking at these outfits on stage, and I'm like, that's what Young Thug is wearing right now. Exactly. Like, literally right now, Young Thug is on stage somewhere with a crazy leather jacket with pointy shit on it and glitter. And we used to dress like Parliament Funk. Yeah, some Parliament shit, some Bootsy Collins shit. That's exactly what he has on right now, and they right. on Instagram calling him gay. Right, same shit. But <laughs> Fashion just goes around in the complete That's how this is what's going to be. Same shit. I thought that was supposed to be the point of being an artist, though. Me too. Is being unique or being different or having some aesthetic about yourself and your music that just makes you... Why? Because he don't want to put on the uniform? He don't have to put the uniform on. All he got to do is make music that people enjoy. If that, if that shit sounds good coming out the speakers, that's all I care about. Right. We get because But social media forces everybody to hate and to get into this shit and then there's all of these beefs and all these subliminals and... All of this crab shit going on, and as a result, we got cats like very talented young Dolph in critical condition in the hospital. We yeah. lost Dollar years yeah. ago. Yep. Bankroll. Bankroll, yeah. Bankroll was on his fucking yeah, way. Yeah, he was dude. actually getting ready to really be like He was that on thing. his way. Yeah. You understand? We gotta mm-hmm. understand that this beef shit is for the freaking birds. It ain't it ain't doing nobody no good whatsoever. None. Y'all breaking out Dracos and spraying up shit. Y'all y'all wanna and then and then I'ma call a dumb motherfucker a dumb motherfucker. For sure. Anytime that you Facebook and live you pulling out guns and shooting, you a stupid motherfucker. Yeah. 
a A one. Right, class A, like whole ass, world, whole ass, <laughs> world class, award winning, dumb motherfucker. Right, mm-hmm. for what? Respect for to 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 for for your own pride, your own satisfaction of like, I'm not gonna let nobody do something to say something to me, act something like I don't know, man. Like, like you said, self defense is one thing in a in a Gucci Mane situation. Right, but y'all arguing or y'all shooting out because he called you a bitch. Right. I'm the best the motherfucker on. I'm the best motherfucker from this neighborhood. I'm the king of this city. Really? That over that? I'm the king. The whole motherfucker kicking the door record is about Nas. Yeah. Biggie's entire. Your reign on the top was short like leprechauns as a crutch, so called Willie Thugs and, and Rapper Dons. Getting yeah. that ass quick, fast like Ramadan. And you still recouping, stupid. Yeah. Whole shit yeah. is about Nas. Mm hmm. Nobody pulled no guns out. Nope. Biggie got killed for some other shit. Yeah. They have nothing to do with Nas. Now, somebody might listen to this podcast and try to put it. It just said Nas <laughs> killed Biggie. No, I did not. I said that they had beef. There was always shots fired between Jay-Z and Nas. Right. Jay just brought the shit to the forefront. He was, all right, enough of the subliminal shit. Let's just put it out right. here what it is. Right. Ask right. Nas he don't want it well. Mm-hmm. One of the most favorite, famous lines in hip-hop yeah. history. Ask Nas... He, he don't, don't want, want it with holes. Yeah. That was a great way. That was a great, like, that was like a match strike. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, that struck up one of the greatest <laughs> hip hop beefs ever. And these two motherfuckers were smart enough to make black Republicans together. Yeah. It stopped the fucking bullshit. Like, come on, bro. Like, how far how far are we going to take this? And Jay, well, Jay talked about that recently, too, about even patching it up with Fat Joe. Right. And I don't know the whole inside of the Fat Joe. Oh, my Joe, God. But what I understand is way more serious than Oh, my than, God. They're, they're shit. They had fight. a real, a real thing. Yeah, yeah, a, a real brawl thing. A the real gr- thing. First of all, can I say something about Fat Joe that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know? Lay it on him. Fat Joe, Joey Cartagena. Yes, Joseph Cartagena. It's, it's yeah. one of the nicest dudes that you will ever meet. Everybody. I never but met him. Everybody says that. he is real to the core when it comes to being a Bronx Street motherfucker. Right. Okay? Bodiqua brother, so I don't want to, I don't, I try my best to stop using the N-word as much as I used to. Yeah. But when it comes down to that street shit, Joe's pedigree is not to be taken lightly. Right. So, when the beef came up with Rockefeller and Terror Squad, I was like, uh-oh. This is going, this is for real. This is for real. This is this is definitely like some real shit. And it got real. And bottles were thrown, people were hitting the head with shit, mm-hmm. punches were flying, and that beef lasted a long long time. Time. Long a time. long time when we I'm not fucking with you, I'm not fucking with you, fuck you, fuck you too, no matter what. Yeah. I'ma do my shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't fuck fuck with you and I don't need you. That shit was for real for a long time. Like you couldn't really even put them two dudes on the same bill. Like, I remember uh, there was summer jams when Joe was going to be there and Jay was going to be there, and they had to stagger it to make sure that either Joe went on and was out of the building by the time Jay got in the building. Right. You know, Jay has always been the bigger artist between the two of them, solo yeah, artist. Yeah, for so sure. you always had to make sure that Joe and them, the Terror Squad, was gone, gone before Rockefeller got in the Kind of like how they did Remy and Nikki this year, birthday bash. Exactly. You had to stack. They had, they had Remy out there. Out the uh, door. It was, like, it was like, all right, now Nikki could. Right, Nikki wasn't coming in as long And they had Remy Nikki on the bill with like four hours later after Remy set. Like, we were right. going to put plenty of space. Yes, in that's what they had to do. So that, right. that, that beef was for true, for true, because yeah. Joe was thorough. Yeah, no, I heard, I heard in the Bronx. Yeah, I heard between the Bronx and whatever was going on in Miami, like they said, oh shit yeah, was like it was funky. Yeah, it was real funky. Yeah, but I mean, Jay talked about it like they was on the what they said he was on the elevator at the at the Garden going to see a Knicks game or something like that, and it was like they just had a two minute conversation and it's over. Right. The Mob Deep and Jay Z. The shit Mob Deep real. and Jay Z shit was real. Yeah. Oh yeah, read Prodigy's like, book. Prodigy, God rest his soul too. Yeah. Talking about how they were gonna smash on Jay, they caught him in, in Puffy's uh, restaurant one night. Oh, Justin's. They caught Jay, Jay by himself after Damn. after he dropped Takeover, and Mob Deep was in there with all of them little under six <laughs> feet motherfuckers <laughs> that they ran. That everybody got. There was a whole bunch of them motherfuckers. I bet. And they always had irons. The Somebody had. If they didn't have a gun in the restaurant with them, they were close to it. Was, yeah, yeah, it was right outside you in the bush. Remember, you don't remember. Exactly. You remember yeah. Prodigy went to jail for the fucking gun. Yeah, for the gun in the first So place. them motherfuckers always had guns on them. 
and saw Jay and was like, yo, we're going to fuck this nigga up. You want to put me up on the stage at Summer Jam in a ballerina outfit when you know my grandmother owned a dance studio? Right. And I was a kid. Oh, yeah, I was a child. I was a child. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about rap yet. That's a black-owned business, Jay. Right, and you trying to embarrass, <laughs> trying to embarrass me out here? That, exactly. Trying to we shame me right. for loving my grandmama? Talking shit about Mob Deep on TakeOver, making that shit an infamous Ooh, record. Fuck, that I got money stacks bigger, bigger than, than you. you. Right. Oof. We don't believe you. You need, need more, more people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, ugly. my God. It was ugly. It's ugly. So they're going to smash on Jay for <laughs> real. ugly. And Prodigy says they saw him and Jay was walking out and he walked up to him and stuck his hand out and said, yo, man, it's just hip-hop. It's just hip-hop. And Prodigy said I had to, I was taken aback. I had to be like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, shit ain't really like that. It's just hip-hop. You talking shit, I'm talking shit. Well, that's the other part too, right? But these motherfuckers want to go get the guns. Well, that's my thing about it. Even with, okay, so somebody, so all right, so he dissed you. But you a rapper too. Like, you could diss him. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand why it even needs, outside of the pride and the ego and all of that extra shit, I don't understand why it even needs to turn into to gunplay or any of that extra shit. No, like, it shouldn't. You making it like there's only one of us with a voice here. Like, you mob deep. Right. That's right. Y'all got bars. Y'all not, yeah, y'all not just some, it'd be different if it was like, oh, he's beating up on some, you know, somebody who can't defend themselves or somebody who's lesser than in some kind of way. But like, I think Prodigy is acknowledged as one of the greatest MCs of a generation. Right. Like, you got some shit to say, go say your shit. Right. Clap back. Clap back. Nas ain't have a problem with it. <laughs> Nas did not have a problem with it. He went right to it. Nas got chilled for a minute. Was quiet. Everybody was like, "Yo, you got an answer." And he was like, "All right, all right, I got. I'm come back I'm, and do my I'm shit. Gonna come back and I'm gonna hit him with this ether. Fuck Jay whole shit up. Fuck Jay shit up. For real. I don't see what the problem is. Like, Me why, why I don't? Why did why it got to get physical? It shouldn't have to go to that. But like, you, I mean, like you, street guys. I get it. This is street guys who was like, if you was on the street talking to me like that. It would be something but else. But you're an MC. But you're an MC. That's the, you're an MC. You're prof- professionally, you are a rapper. Right. You're an MC. You're an MC. You can clap you can, back. You can do this. <laughs> you can you can do this and get paid for it if you do it right. If you do it, look at Drake. <laughs> Drake got paid for it. Drake got paid. <laughs> stupid. And he and wasn't it? Drake got paid for it, and he took he took Hove out the Forbes list. Right. This year. Uh, top three, anyway. Yeah, he's in the top three. He took Hove off the top three this year. He made a lot of money. Shit, after the meat beef, right? I mean, he was already getting paid before that. He was already, but it felt like the, the meat thing, elevated. It him, really right? took him to another level. He really made elevated a lot him. of bread. Elevated like, him. Elevated. Go get paid, him. bro. Right. <laughs> like I don't. Like I don't even understand. Chris Lighty got paid. Yeah. Used the brain instead of the bullet. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand Safari uh, beefing with Meek and him either. Safari. Well, I think that you was wrote a- Nikki's rhymes. Right rhymes. Clap at him. But I think that was one of them things that you was talking about earlier. I think that was like his man's in him. Who, Safari or no, Meek? No, Meek. Yeah. That was that was like his little homies, I think, that just was out of pocket. Yeah, for sure. And, you know. And fuck that. Fuck, fuck that. that. Ah, fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. Like, yeah, I ran around with a bunch of dudes like that. Yeah. The fuck that. The fuck that. Ah, no, no. Yeah, shout out to, you know, shout out to Madge and Homicide and Gambino and Rush Pacino. Those all sound like names of niggas who do not fuck around. Nah, those all my, <laughs> those sound like young names guns. Shout out to the whole YG family. Around. You know, these them motherfuckers are busting their guns too. And there's a lot of times we had to hold them back from, yeah. from busting on like rappers in New York. Like, right. Just didn't like the way this nigga was coming in the building. And it's like, who I'm the get fuck em. these niggas think they are? Yeah. Like that kind of that shit. That type of shit, yeah. Like, I'm going to get them for that chain when he get outside. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, chill, chill, be. Chill, I'm. You know, the squad is trying to get up in this business. We can't have y'all niggas robbing, robbing niggas. everybody out right. here. Right? Yeah. So they are real street dudes that are associated with a lot of shit. Mm. But when you start losing lives and you start, it's lo- too much. It's too much. Yeah. And when y'all start going to jail and carrying these sentences for dumb shit, it's too much. So here I am to tell all you young dudes out there. That a lot of your music is not for me, but a lot of your shit I do really, really like. Oh, man, listen. I, I do. And I'm not downing you. I'm not downing your music at all. But you need an OG to school you on some of this shit so you don't fall into 
these traps and you don't go 30 years from now and you ain't got no bread. You don't yeah. go 30 years from now and you don't... All you got is pictures of when you used to be balling. Right. And you wonder why you're not at the BET Hip Hop Awards no more. That's, that's or why sad, nobody man. fucking with you. You trying to call Bossom tell them a story that nobody cares about. <laughs> Nobody's like, this put me yeah, on. Nobody gives a fuck, yeah, nah, dude. Nah, your time is over. Yeah, time is over. They on to the who's the next 15-year-old motherfucker that's killing everything on the charts right yeah. now. Because it happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. People move on. No, people definitely move on. I mean, we were, early we were talking. I think I heard... Uh, I don't remember. It might have been Chris Morrow. Shout out to Chris Morrow. I think I heard him telling this story on a on a Combat Jack show. He was talking about being in like a Dwayne Reed or something like that, and in the club came on in the inside of the store or whatever. He said there was some kids in front of him that looked like they was 16, 17 years old, asking each other who sings this song. Wow. I don't know. I think the guy got shot or something like that. I'm like, you 17? You don't know who 50 Cent is? Wow. Wow. That fucked me up. I was like, how you don't know? Like, Yeah. But you think about it, it's like, okay, yeah. he's 17. In 2003, when In The Club came out, he was three. Yeah. He don't know. He don't know. He definitely <laughs> don't know who Pac and Biggie is. <laughs> it don't mean nothing to him. Nah, he don't know. It's like Elvis or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, be, it's Ray Charles. You, yeah, you might. Bobby Blue Bland. Yeah, like, something like, absolutely. I know because like, like, my I, father yeah. taught me that right. shit. But, but if you wasn't of a certain nah. age or had something like that, you know, that shit don't mean no, nothing to you. No, you fucking... Jermaine Jackson could be in <laughs> you. be sitting there in the store. You'd be like, who's this guy with this funny-ass yeah, plastic hair? Yeah, who's that? Who's that right Jermaine there? Jermaine Jackson, you still want to know. This no shit idea. happens to me all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's not a day that goes by that I don't see someone from my era that grew up on your own TV rides try to explain to their kid who I am. And then the kid, and I'm like, you don't have to do that. It's nice. Because I hate it. Because the kid is looking at me like, nah. Like, nah. I don't know this whole Nah, Nice to meet you, old head. Yeah, old head. Don't know him, dad. I don't know him. Yeah, he don't know. He only 17. So why did you put that pressure on So what's What you even saying for? He probably don't even know Rap City. No. Much less Yo MTV Jam. Damn, they don't know Lil Wayne. Yeah. Damn, they when they didn't know Outkast, that broke my heart. Huh? There's people. There were people at the Outkast reunion show that was here, but yeah. was it, three, four years ago. Yeah. And at Coachella that same year, that had like, they might have known Hey Ya, they might have known maybe Bombs Over, but some, but I like, I like the, the way, way you, you move. move. They know they might know that, but they play. Uh, me and you, right? Yeah, Elevator crowd is silent. Oh my God! People in there just don't know oh, the records. I'm just, like, how y'all don't know this? The greatest, one of the, the, greatest, the, the greatest duos of all time across the board of any genre of music. Of right. two people doing music, like they're up there. So me is somewhere in like Simon and Garfunkel. Type <laughs> yeah, of yeah shit. that type of shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Paul and John. Paul and John. Yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Run like, D. Running, yeah, yeah, that type of shit. Like we're talking about, Jam like Jam and Lewis. Yeah, absolutely. Babyface, L.A. A, yeah, that yeah, type of shit. They up there. They, they up, up there. there. And y'all don't know these records? And as far as a, a group, a, a rap group, man, they top two. Easily. Easy. They top two. Easily. They probably won in 1A. Run yeah. DMC and then Outcast, Outcast. or Outcast yeah. and then Run DMC. Run DMC, however you want to put it. Yeah, yeah. And then right behind that is probably Q-Tip and Fife. Like, or, you know, you right. can say EPMD. E yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot, there's a lot of twos you can Twos you can toss up in there, But yeah. Jesus, you can't put Outcast up there. Right. Good God. I was, that, I was That's like, sad. I was, it was sad as shit. That's I'm looking sad. around. I mean, I, you can tell, obviously, it wasn't like the whole crowd is silent, but you can see people being live, but you can look around the crowd and individually pick out people like, you don't know this song. At all. You don't know this song. At all. You don't know this song. And it's like, damn. <laughs> like I guess that would be like back then, like if I was a kid, my mom's taking me to see Martha and the Vandellas. Yeah, you'd you know, probably be sitting there, around like, like a hit. <laughs> my mom's probably rocking. I'm like, and you looking like, this is good. Why? I guess this is yeah. what make you excited. This is good for what? And then when the Jackson Five came along, it was everything. Everything. He's like, oh, now this is this I know, right? right. Yeah. And then when hip hop came along, I was like, this is the most incredible shit ever. My father was like, get the fuck out of here <laughs> with that hippity hop boop boopy do. Anybody can do that. My father was like, anybody can do that shit. Anybody. I went down the block to the park. It was dark. <laughs> my, my father was a fucking, my father was like, that shit is bullshit. Did he ever come around? 
He, never. He never ever came. No, there was a one. Pop. There was never one song no. that made him be like no. Damn. No, my pops like that shit is bullshit. First of all, you're rapping over somebody else's creation. Okay. And I've always had this yeah. argument with people. What is more important? The motherfucker that originally made the song out of nothing, or your lazy ass has just sampled it and rapped over it. I mean, to me, a work of art is a work of art. Now, I don't like everybody. I don't. So if I take a Basquiat and throw something on top of it and everybody go, oh, that's the shit. I'm the shit? Kind of. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> really? I mean, think about it. What? All right, so if I had to, I felt like I had to talk myself down from this mentality a while ago. Right. From, from like from way, way back. But when people respond to something in mass, how do you refute that? Like, what is the other side of the argument? Millie Vanilli? But people love that, that record, though. I know, but I'm not, I would never say they're people, great. I would never say they're good. There's been a lot of people that people have responded to that I knew in my heart of hearts was bullshit. That has had number one records in the world. I, I mean, I, what am I saying? I don't, well, I don't know if that makes them, like, legitimate artists or not. Maybe that's a different conversation. Okay. I'm just talking about... That piece of that, art. That for, piece of art. For whatever reason, this thing, this, as in a vacuum, this piece of art made people do something, feel respond. something. Respond. Respond in some way. Right. I just think there's power in that, and I'll tell you why. Because I was born in St. Louis. I grew up in Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta when I had just turned 13. And when I got to eighth grade, we're talking about 94. So Wu-Tang is pretty fresh out. Outcast is fresh out. Jay ain't even out yet. Jay ain't Jay even out yet. Yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay ain't even out yet. We just started. At this Biggie point, we just talking about murdering Wu Tang, Nas, um, Biggie, Biggie, Craig uh, Mack, Craig Mack, Outkast, uh, Goody Mob yes, come sir. through, A Ball, MJG, UGK, Snoop and Dre. All this oh, was yeah, going on at one time. On. Yeah. But in Atlanta, there's a lot of people down here from New York, right? And when I got to school, it would be New Yorkers that was that that would be the quote unquote yo kids. And it would be them against niggas with duckhead t- uh, duckhead polo shirts and polo boots. Right. And they would be like, ah, that shit is garbage, that shit is garbage, that shit is garbage. So I was a little bit more, I guess, sensitive to the plight of artists whose music was just being called some bullshit just because. But once I got a fake ID and started going in the club and seeing the music live and people reacting to it, how could like I couldn't deny it? You couldn't deny the power of when certain records came on and what it was doing to people, right? How, what it was doing to the energy in the room, how it was making people act, how people were dancing, how people were right. That's 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 all music. Okay, really all is. right, I understand. So maybe saying. that's deep in and no, you're and, right. And in, a vac- in, a, in, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, in a vacuum. Yeah, but overall, I look at the overall picture, and for me, because I shit. came from a musical <laughs> background, I'm not saying fuck it, right? But because I came from a musical background, I was a trumpet player, and I know what it's like to read music and create music. For me, right. somebody making something out of nothing is the most incredible thing to oh, me. Oh yeah, no, for sure. But I understand right. what yeah, you're yeah. saying because there was a lot of shit that was being downed, and I really enjoyed it. I give you a classic example. You look back on it, the two live crew, mm-hmm. we're not the greatest rappers in the world. At all. Absolutely not. Even if you listen to it now, you hear Brother Marquise go, sitting in my room watching <laughs> Arsenio Hall. So I grabbed my black book for a freak to call, picked up the t- telephone, dialed the seven digits, said, this Marquise here, baby, are you down with it? I arrived at her house, knocked on the door, not thinking what a good time had in store i'm like a dog in heat a frequent i warning i got an appetite to fuck because me so hot nay oh me so but that shit yeah rocked though rocked rock like crazy you listen back at that shit now you be like yo like what the fuck was he doing yeah the 69 boys 69 boys yeah cotton candy sweet as gold lemon seed rock rock this ain't the butterfly. Oh, oh that's old. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. A brand new dance. Oh, uh-huh. we go to float and let your hang out. They weren't the greatest in the world. No, but that song, come on. Another, uh, motherfuckers that sold millions of records. Tag team, back again. again. Check it, the record, let's, let's begin. begin. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. old school, from the old food. Mm-hmm. Can you dig it? We're yeah. gonna dig it. Yeah, yeah. Put the shit on right now, it's still right. It, it'll go crazy. They don't have you to be put that song gr- on in the middle of July and at, that's like, at, like, at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and, that's, and watch some shit. That beat 
is a group called Kano, because when I was in the band, we used to play. It's a song called I'm Ready. All instrumental record. And all they said was, Dance out on the plane. Dine him, dine him. I got to dance for you. Dance you, dance you. And are you ready? Are you ready? Ready. That was it. Took it, flipped it, put whole some rhymes sh- on top of it. Whole new joint. Whole new joint. A classic joint, too. Oh, right, classic. <laughs> but I always want those people who did the original shit to get, to get the credit. Their yeah, now, yeah, there yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. Super, yeah, for sure. There is jacking and yeah. there's super creative shit. Yeah. Now, Dre and NWA and before them, Chuck D and the Bomb Squad. Crazy. That's incredibly That's crazy. crafty to me, sampling. That, yeah, to me, at that you point. You can't tell what a sample is? Yeah, it's like, that's a new work of art now. Yes. that's. Like, I seen Pete Rock put up on his thing the other day about a song that Mob Deep has did, and he played the original sample. It was fast as hell. Mm-hmm. And he said, God damn, you have it, because you hear shit in slow motion. And have right. it slowed this shit all the way the fuck down and put some amazing drums underneath it and made a total new record for Mob Deep. See, like that's, that's creative. That's, yeah, no, you're right. That's very creative. That's creative. You know what's funny? I had this same conversation today with Moni mm-hmm. because we did a story earlier <laughs> about Beyonce putting out that new song. Oh, the the Mijente joint. Right, and that's right. a big record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The record yeah. was hot already, and Moni was saying, "Oh, that's just that's just pimping it. That's pimping. She's just jumping on somebody else's shit." And putting it out, just another reason for people to make a story about Beyonce. That's just pimping. That that's nothing. There's nothing creative about that. That's the same shit y'all did with Buddy. No, that's different. How's it different? Because she took a song that's out now. Y'all took a hit record. Y'all motherfuckers didn't make up Heartbeat, right? Tanya Gardner, whoever produced produced the record, right? Heartbeat. You made me feel so weak. Boom, boom. Boom, ba boom, ba boom, 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 ba boom, boom. All y'all motherfuckers did was Luther go, a meanie, 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 and throw some rhymes on it. Right. What's the difference? Because she didn't wait. Well, that's the other part, too. People want it to be like the sample don't count if it came from the last 10 years. Like, you don't have to Bullshit. be shit. You don't have to be 50 years Bullshit. old. <laughs> like, if you take it and flip it and bounce it, I then... love the fact that these young motherfuckers are taking the hits from the 90s and making something new out of it. Yeah. I love it because fucking Puff. Said it on the record with Maze. Mm-hmm. Take hits from the eighties, yeah, 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 and do it. it sounds, Come yeah. on, I was in, I was a trumpet player. Yeah. Okay, so I knew Rise right. by Herb Alpert. Puff took the shit and made it hypnotize for Biggie. Yeah, it's the same record. They might put yeah. heavier drums under it, right? But, but it's the same the, fucking. The foundation of the record is the same thing. The foundation of hypnotize is Rise by Herb Alpert. Herb Alpert was a trumpet player that went on with his partner to start A&M Records. The A in A&M starts, stands for Alpert. Right. Okay? He made fucking rhymes. It's a jazz record. Okay? Because I used to play this shit. And it was always funky. And Puff grabbed it and flipped the motherfucker. Heard it a certain kind of way. And, and said, let me get this shit to Biggie. And Biggie rhymed over. It became a Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Can't you see? That ain't even original. Juicy wasn't original. Nothing was. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but these are smashes, right? Fucking one love by Nas. Another one. Sample. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You can look it up online on whosamplewhat.com and see all the original songs and go back, ladies and gentlemen, and listen to the whole entire shit. The shit ain't. It ain't, oh, yeah. it ain't original. I bet Roy Ayers is getting big hip hop checks. Absolutely. <laughs> I bet he's getting huge, random, random ass hip hop checks. Whoever owns, whoever owns fucking James Brown's publishing. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about now, but yeah, the 90s not, are taking that, care that, of James Brown so well. For, for sure. Funky drama by itself. By itself should be getting you still checks. Right. For right sure. Now. Right now. Right yeah. now. Right now. And then when they turn around and do this shit again, when you hear all these records, the Chris Brown uh, record with Meek Mill, it sure is my name is Dwayne. Oh, yeah. yeah Tony, yeah, Tony, yeah. Tony. Yep. Same record. Same record. Getting paid. Yeah, man. Paid. Like... Paid. Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Nothing wrong with it. Stop this fucking dumbass beef. 
Stop disrespecting these young artists of today. Let them have their fucking time. They only 20, they 21, some 18, 19 years old, 23. They wasn't alive when Kane was hot. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, love yeah. Kane the way my mama and daddy love the Temptations. Let I love the Temptations too. I love Kane too, but I also love a lot of the music. A lot of it ain't going to be for you because you're 45 years old. You fifty. That, yeah, that's not gonna. It's not gonna be for you. It wasn't designed to be for you. No, you can still love Houdini and love a Drake record too. You can love Rhapsody and love Little Kim. Yeah, uh, Rhapsody talked about that on her album. She was talking about. Uh, she said she was talking about something about I don't. I don't hate on music that's different. Some about I was making it clap to Waka Flocka or some shit like that. She was exactly. talking about. So it's like this is Rhapsody signed to Jambler. Artist of Ninth Wonder, it, with all of these bars that still like Waka Flocka too. That's right. Like it's all right. Take it. Loosen up your jam sport. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> loosen up the straps on your jam sport. <laughs> all right. Loosen up the laces on your Tims. They lose your laces on your. If Tim's, you're riding the A train right now, it's okay to play A ball and MJG. Yes. Why you on the Why you on the A train to Staten Island? Yeah. Or whatever train goes. That. It's I don't fine. Know everything, but it's fine. It's okay. You it's be, okay. It's all right. It's okay. And on that note, man, we thank y'all for listening to the Come On Sunday podcast. Thank you, job brother. Oh, yeah, man. For all being the time. here, brother. And all thank y'all for, for listening to the podcast, man. Remember to keep God first. As I always say, everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you. And about that ass, the next time I do a podcast, man, I'll be next week. So I'll talk shit about y'all until you know, all right? <laughs> until the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Thanks to Ja. Thanks to Krista Hayes. Krista Hayes. Thanks Krista to, Hayes. Thanks Krista to Hayes. Oh, AKA Baby Bucket. Thanks to Kimana Paulus Management, uh, Cigars International, and of course, uh, Nissan South and Morrow for all of their support, man. And y'all be good, man. You can't be good. Just fucking look at it and say, come on, son. <laughs> I'm Ed Lover, man. I'm out. Bye. Peace. Yep. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.